Welcome to another edition of Purple Talk Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. Joining me, Mr. Doug Christie. DC, what's going on? Uh, all is well, man. Um, just hanging in there. How about yourself, buddy? I'm good. It's it's Valentine's Day, and me and Doug are so committed that we have uh, told our ladies that we're going to podcast instead of taking them out to dinner, and... Uh, so we're just going to be here for like two hours, just podcasting and riffing, and, and we're just going to let it fly. Um, Doug, is that all right with you? Uh, hell no. Good luck with that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before I get too far into this, I, I want to say this. Um, the good people at Wendy's who have been a sponsor of ours for a long time, um, they just opened a new Wendy's right down the street from my house, Doug, in Auburn. And uh, just a shout out to Wendy's. Uh, I was actually there the other night with my son and I got a bacon cheeseburger and uh, he got a four for four, a four by four, I guess they call it. The, that's what the the teenagers call it. And uh, he wanted two four by fours. So an eight by eight, I guess. Um, so he got a lot of food, um, but I'm glad to have a Wendy's in beautiful Auburn, California, which is not too far down the road for me. Um, so that out of the way, Doug... Um, Sacramento Kings are on the all-star break. Uh, as of right now, we've we've got Buddy Heald at uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. I know Rashawn Holmes is also there because he's from Chicago and he just happens to be, you know, chilling and hanging out. We had uh, Tom Haverstroh get him earlier on Friday for some really cool stuff that we put out on the website earlier today. Um, but, Doug, what do you think of Buddy Heald's shot at the three-point shootout? You know what? It, I was... Uh saying on the telecast that you know obviously i'm not gambling but if i was uh i might go with buddy i, I think that uh, he has a really good shot one thing is his shot is so efficient he doesn't jump so the tired part of things i don't think comes into play um i think buddy is as good a shooter as there is in the nba and with uh, you know with the exception of probably Steph and Clay, neither one of those guys in there. Yeah, but Buddy has a true, true chance. I think he can come back with the trophy for sure. There we go. I don't think the Kings haven't had a trophy at that three-point shootout since Peja, I believe. And uh, oh, that's, Come on, come on, come on, of course. Go. Yeah, that's been a long time. Man, he could really, really shoot the ball. Um, the cool thing in Haverstrow's conversation, um, just to go back to that for a second, he he asked Rashawn Holmes what he thought of adjusting the uh, the three point shootout where you had a a tosser almost like they do in in Major League Baseball from the home run derby where someone's flicking you the ball. Doug, what what that sounds like a great idea, like a designated dude who just sits there and you can bring someone from your team with you. Uh, you could bring a you know one of the guys that you work out with and. He just sits there and throws you the right pass. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, that sounds like uh, what guys' workouts are these days. Is uh, They have somebody throw them the ball and they just shoot, shoot, shoot. It, it might make for uh, interesting theater for sure because, you know, that you kind of catch a rhythm. But, it, you know, it, it's what the three-point shootout is all about. It's the ability to grab it off the rack and shoot it. That, unlike – uh, the dunk contest hasn't went through the ups and downs. I think the three-point shootout is definitely on the upswing. From my understanding, they're adding a 35-footer or something like that. 
so it's like a, a four point shot this year or something. So I'm excited to watch it. That could be a thing. Uh, I'm okay with the way it is right now. All right, all right, yeah. And who do you got in the three in, in the slam dunk comp- contest? You know, I'm not sure with that one. Uh, I, I'm up in the air. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Dwight Howard's in it for God's sakes. It's been a long while. <laughs> yeah, what's going on there, Doc? <laughs> I, I know, right? It's like, I'm not in it. Yeah, you're I, not in it. He shouldn't be in it either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, that one, I, I'm not really sure. I think I'm I'm a little a little up in the air. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, around this time every year, we, we bring it up to you because you actually got to participate in the slam, the slam dunk contest. What is it like being under the lights there in that moment and trying to be creative but also – you know, it, there's so much pressure on you, especially as a young player. You know, it's uh, it's weird because a lot of the dunks that you that you do, they they work when you're practicing them, and then all of a sudden you get out there and there's, I mean, there's twenty thousand. It's an all star game, especially the all star Saturday night. There there are a lot of people there, so all of a sudden all those dunks don't work the same way that they worked. Uh, but you know it's um it's different because before I got ready to go, I had a buddy there with me, and he was like, "Man, just do all the dunks that, that you normally do. Don't try to do anything different and I went totally against <laughs> what, what he said what he said do I'm like, man, I gotta do something, but that's not really it. you know, I think some of the funnest dunk contests have been the ones where guys finish them, you know, meaning that you don't get three and four or five attempts at a dunk. It's just they, they go up and they execute it. The one with Gordon and Zach Levine, uh, Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins, those was and they were able to finish and com- just bang, 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 bang. Those, they're a lot of fun to watch. Um, but this one, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. I think, you know, obviously Gordon is big time, but the kid, uh, what, do I, what do we call him? Airplane mode from uh, Miami. Yeah, Watch Jones. out, man. Yeah, that oh, dude's got springs, boy. springs in his oh, legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, one, this, one could be, uh, this one could be a little epic. We might see something we haven't seen yet. Something different, something new, something we haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, if I'm going to bet on somebody, which I'm not going to, but if I were going to, um, Derek Jones is really exciting, but Aaron Gordon has a chip on his shoulder. He's not very happy that he, he's been, uh, passed over. Um, and so I, I would think that if anyone is, is like focused on actually winning a dunk contest, which I think is kind of strange, but if that's like their laser focus, um, then I'm going to, I'm going to go Aaron Gordon. Uh, he's got a, he's a huge dude. So, you know, six, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. Um, but his ability to, to hang in the air is nuts. And so, um, he's a guy that I just think he, he has a little extra motivation and, I you know, again, I'm not sure why I would take anything at all-star weekend really personally, but it seems like he has in the past taken uh, the slam dunk contest personally. Um, so, you know, more power to him. Maybe he goes out there and, and does something, Again, that we've just never seen before, Doug. Maybe he'll jump over. Uh, maybe he'll jump over Shaq, who I, I think is the one that gave him uh, a nine out of ten on a dunk that I, I think everyone else thought in the world was a ten out of ten, and that's why he didn't win the all, uh, the earlier slam. I think the 2016 slam dunk competition. Um, Doug, okay, so let's get to the Sacramento Kings. Um, we're at the All Star break. Uh, there's 28 games remaining. 
Um, they've got what 54 in the book. Uh, it hasn't been a great season. Um, it, there's been a lot of frustration. There's been a lot of injuries. Uh, there's been a lot of chaos specifically lately. Um, if you were to grade this team, and I hate doing grades, but what would you give them for the first half of the season? You know, I'd, it, it'd probably be like a C minus, uh, probably in the C realm, though. The reason being is they've been absent. They, they were tardy. They, 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 they didn't attend class because they were injured and they were sick. So they got a bunch of sick days. So I, I'm not going to fail them, but I don't necessarily know um, how good a grade they could get because you haven't had a full roster long enough to, to really judge them fully. And when just this recent, you know, kind of thrust where they were, six and three and, and they there was some good basketball in there and they there was some good defense in there and then the last two games versus Milwaukee and Dallas it it went away and I think that the ups and downs are the the minus to my C uh, but uh, I would say C because I don't necessarily know uh, what they are I, when this season started I said I thought they would win 48 games and a lot of people said I was crazy I, I stick to the fact that I think that they have the talent uh, if they were relatively healthy and I'm gonna say relatively because uh, a lot of teams deal with injuries but when you miss your two top guys and then your third best guy and you miss them at the same time those are things that you're, they're insurmountable. It's just uh, you, you can't necessarily overcome that. So uh, I would say right there in the C realm, but the inconsistencies have probably put me on the minus side of that. Yeah, I, I'm not that far off from you. I put them a, a, a little bit lower, but like a D plus. Um, I, I think they had an identity last season, and I think as of you know through 54 games, they have no identity and. They're playing better basketball, uh, but they still have games where, I mean, you just don't show up. And, you know, the getaway game, you know, they they just like get away. I mean, that was, to me, uh, I know it's tough. It's the last game before the All-Star break, but the Dallas Mavericks have a little cushion and, and they can have a game where they have a letdown because they, they've played so well early in the season. The Kings don't have that. They don't have a moment where they can just think that they can walk on the court and compete. Uh, and certainly they've had issues with hitting shots in certain games. And then all of a sudden they catch fire and it's like, holy cow, the night and day of this team is really strange to me. But I'll say this, Doug, like if, uh, you know, I think we both would give Rashawn Holmes, uh, Rashawn Holmes, excuse me, the first half MVP for this team. Um, but what we're seeing out of, out of uh, De'Aaron Fox, out of Bogdan, out of Buddy since uh, since we had to switch up in the lineup. And, and also, I'll, I'll, we keep hearing this, and I keep saying it, everyone keeps saying it, you know, since Bogdan and Buddy switched and uh, one of them went to the bench, one of them went to the starter, it, that also coincided with Ken Bazemore joining the team. Um, it's the same exact game. Um, and I think Bazemore, to me, has just been really fun to watch and a really good spark off the bench, a really good leader, uh, on the court, off the court, he was a great find. So um, I'm not going to flunk him. Um, I'm disappointed, just like you are in, in their record at this point. Uh, but I, I also, I kind of want to see how they finish and like what kind of, show me that you got guts. 
show me that you're ready to take on all that money and then go do something with, with that, you know, with sort of the responsibility that comes with that. And so I want to see how the final 28 games plays out here. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I think there's an opportunity there in those final 28 games, part of it being because some of the teams that you're going to be playing, especially in the Western Conference, are going to be playing for certain things like positioning and what have you. So it's it's not going to be guys mailing it in. Yeah, and Doug, they have a stretch coming out of the break where they play Memphis twice. Um, they play, I think it's Detroit and um, one other team that's really struggling. I can't remember. I think they, oh, well, Golden State. Um, so so they, you got... You got Memphis, Clippers, Warriors, Thunder, Grizzly, uh, Pistons, Wizards, 76ers, Trailblazers. That's just kind of immediately out of the break. Yeah, yeah. And I think of those first seven games, you got a a true opportunity to, if you bring your A game and you play well and you don't play down to your competition, to compete and possibly win – five of those games and i i add memphis into that because um you know memphis is a young team they've never been here before they're a lot like what the sacramento kings were last year and they're about to learn the harsh lesson that you get to the post all-star break and things go sideways now maybe they don't for that team maybe they look more like the uh the phoenix suns of a few years ago where they came up with what like 47 48 wins um but i kind of feel like that team is going to fade to me, it's really the Portlands of the world that you got to really look out for, especially with the way Damian Lillard's playing. Um, but uh, I think we'll know who and what this Kings team is after those first seven games, Doug. Like if if the last 20 games are going to be a mail it in um, slash let's just focus on the quote-unquote young guys, which means that we might get to see Justin James, who's really the only young guy, uh, that's up with the team, maybe a little Daquan and, and Kyle Guy coming up as two-way players and seeing some action. Um, but I think the mentality of the team could shift. And for me, Doug, I kind of don't want to see that that shift. I want to see them actually play out this season, not going to tank mode, um, because I think this team is better than their record. And if they can get some momentum, maybe they can build towards something this summer and sort of, you know, climb back on, into where we thought that they would be and, uh, and and be competitive. And so I'm hoping that we see sort of that switch hit. You know, I, I don't think we can see that, to be honest with you. I don't think the Kings are in a position to try to develop young players and different things like that. Now, uh, I, I'm a big Justin James fan, but he, he it's not like you're playing him like you would be playing Marvin Bagley because next year you anticipate he's going to come back and be your starter and all of that. That development for him, do, do you – want to see him get minutes here and there and try try yes absolutely this is a a bigger vision for the kings because from my take they should be in the playoffs run at least this year that's just what i see with their talent and i think that it's possible so you have to take full advantage of these situations uh De'Aaron fox uh buddy healed uh you know nemanja because you anticipate this is where you're going to be at next year. So what you got to do is you have to put yourself in that mindset, not the mindset of, 
where where am I at? The mindset of where I want to be and where do I want to go? And this is a prime uh, situation that you can get some corporate knowledge going forward that will serve you so much better coming into next year. But you got to pay attention and you got to stay awake and you got to bring your game and you got to fight through and, and want to compete at a really, really high level. Not to mention, uh, this is, man, I mean, the fans deserve it. The, 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 everyone deserves to see a really high level of basketball out there on the floor. There is no freaking mailing it in. You, you bring your hard hat, bring your game, let's go, let's finish out the right way. You're hoping that the off season just for some reason seems like two weeks and you're right back at it because you want to get to where you truly, at least from from my standpoint, and, you know, I think if you ask them man-to-man, do they think that they could be in the playoffs? Yes, but I'm saying that is the mindset that it's it's not a, a hope it, from from my point of view, Ham. It, it's a must. Hell with, with mailing it in. You got to come blazing out of the all-star break, playing at a really, really high level. I, I can, like, I get it, Doug. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see them sort of establish who they might be going forward. I also want to yep. see Jabari Parker. Um, I'm not really concerned with Alex Len. N- nothing against Alex Len, but uh, to be honest with you, I would rather see those minutes go to Harry Giles and kind of figure out what Harry is going to be and what you're going to do with Harry if you can still even retain Harry. Um, and so, so I would like to see more Harry. If there was one player that I would say, hey, let's let's really give the development time to. Um, but yeah, I want to see Jabari Parker. I want to see uh, I want to see how we work out this Bogdan and Buddy situation, and can you fix this situation? And look, uh, there was some reports this week that Buddy Hill might demand a trade this summer if he if he doesn't uh, move back into the starting lineup, and he's unhappy. I can tell you this, Doug. There's no question that while Buddy is handling his business and has played extremely well off the bench, uh, that he's frustrated and he's not happy coming off the bench and he would prefer to start. Now, whether we get to the level of potentially demanding a trade or not, um, to be honest with you, if I'm the Kings, I don't care. I mean, you just gave the guy $86 million. He starts that contract next year. Uh, If he's coming off the bench or if he's starting... Just do your job. Just just go out there and shoot the ball. Um, he's got a green light with this organization. Um, you know, he's on pace to shoot over 300 threes. Uh, he's the fastest player to 800 three-pointer, uh, three, 300, I don't know, the fastest 800 makes uh, from behind the three-point line in, in a career. Um, you know, so just go out there and do what it is, do what it is that you do. Uh, now, whether you got something different on that, whether Buddy's happy or not, um, I can just tell you that he won't answer the question. Um, and he, not only that, but he doesn't want to hear the question and like being around him long enough. This isn't speculation. He does actually, he is not happy with the fact that he's no longer a starter. Uh, he considers himself a frontline NBA shooting guard. And so, but you know, Doug, how do you work that out? I mean, you've played with guys that thought that they deserved to start and, whether they were or not, you know, uh, even I remember uh, Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby was starting forever and, and Bobby Jackson was having some great play, uh, some great, uh, a great stretch. And then he, he hurt his, uh, was it his thumb or his wrist? And Rick Allman didn't go to Bobby. He went to the next man up behind that and, and kept Bobby in his role 
uh, just because he was so successful. Um, but where are you at with when it comes to Buddy specifically? You know, I, I, I haven't asked Buddy that question. And I've, I've thought about it since you and I had talked about it. This was a, it's been a few days now. But as a player, are, are you upset? Yeah. Yeah, you're you're upset because you're a competitor. You want to play, and you should think very, very highly of yourself and of your game. And with the success that Buddy's had, it's it's been big time. Uh, but at the same time, it's about winning. That is the that is the key. And you might be better for the team in a certain role for success. Does I mean, Buddy has actually had more success this year in the present role than he had in the in the prior role starting, and I don't know if that if that is able to be his mindset or not. And you reference uh, Bobby, and uh, you know I I always thought that for there's some few teams out there Bobby could have started for those teams, yeah. but he was more potent in the role of the six man coming off the bench and he's the, the production doesn't go away. The minutes don't go away. It's just whether they call your name and you run out at the beginning of the game or not. And that can be a, a dent or that can be something to somebody's ego. But at the end of, at the end of the day, the type of success that we had as a team and Bobby had as an individual, I think far outweighs, it, you know, he would have to answer that question. I would say for him, but you know, everybody is different and I, I can understand, but he's being upset and what have you. He has handled it like a professional. He's went about his business. He's come in the game and it has been lights out. There is a distinct difference when you start the game and you're playing against a frontline player at the two guard position, especially in this Western conference on both ends of the floor, not just the offensive end, but also the defensive end. And it's also, Cam, a distinct difference when you are the top guy on the scouting report or or meaning that you are the focus mm-hmm. to stop a team or you are the third or fourth guy. That doesn't diminish you, the, the weapon that you have, meaning that doesn't take away from what it is that he does. But when you start the game, if he is coming in in a second wave, you can't focus on it because he's not on the floor. So now you have to try to stop De'Aaron Fox. That's the guy who's at the top of the list. The problem is you're not stopping De'Aaron Fox because do pretty much what he wants. He just needs to work on the shot, but you, they can't stop him. Um, but with Buddy, it's the shot. It's the ability to take that away, to throw double teams at him, to deny him the basketball, all the different things that uh, early on it slowed up the offense a little bit. And it now it's opened it up for De'Aaron to be more aggressive. Guys have done things. And Buddy, it doesn't change anything because when he comes in the game, he's throwing absolute flames, man. So I, I, I love Buddy. I, I love being around him. I love his spirit. So I hope that – uh, none of what you said transpires and takes place. I hope that he understands that he is a valued, highly valued member of the Sacramento Kings, and he's here for many years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be some common ground here. And, and to be honest with you, I also think that there's potential for um, for Luke, especially if we're looking at long-term situations for Rashawn Holmes and, and uh, Marvin Bagley. Um, Luke can continue to 
you know, sort of work with this and massage this roster, especially I'm going to point this out. If Jabari Parker can be stay healthy the final 28 games and he can step on the floor and he can give you the bump off the bench that he's given uh, this year in in Atlanta. Uh, most of the time he was acting as a starter, but he averaged 15 and six. If you can get 15 points a game off of uh, off the bench from Jabari Park, uh, Parker, I think that that completely changes how you you can work your starting lineup as well. I think there is potential to put Buddy back at the starting spot, to move Bogdan over to the three, to move Harrison Barnes to the four, and Amanya Bielitsa to the five, uh, and then play Harry Giles off the bench with the second unit. Um, I, so I, I think that there are a lot of ways that you can kind of tweak this thing. Um, but it's about winning uh, basketball games, Doug. And that, to me, you're six and four since the switch. Uh, before the switch, you weren't six and four. You weren't even close to that. Um, you know, and we can just back it up. They were what 15 and 27 or whatever it is. Uh, that's not good. And so you need to figure out different combinations of players. And I, I know Luke is, you know, trying different things here. Um, let's get to the, the two injury things. Um, uh, it looks like Rashawn Holmes had PRP, uh, platelet rich, uh, what is it? Platelet rich plasma injection in his right shoulder he has a torn labrum uh marvin bagley would not uh i don't even know how to say it he he's not sure if he's going to play again this season or not and i think that's a huge deal for the sacramento kings um you know if he comes back and he plays the day after the all-star break he can get in 41 games on the season exactly half a year uh if he misses another 10 then to me it's just scrap it just set him down and and pray that his foot heals and that this isn't a long-term issue. Um, but Doug, uh, this is, I'm bringing it up because it's a topic of discussion that's been out there nonstop over the last week and a half. And that is with the Kings and, uh, I don't know how to, uh, they're not, they're not being transparent with their, their injury report. And if we are to believe the Kings now, uh, Rashawn Holmes had a torn labrum the entire time. And uh, that means that he tore his labrum on January 6th. So when they said he has a uh, right shoulder joint injury, um, the joint injury was a torn labrum. Now, look, uh, you, people can rake me over the coals out there if they want. I, I can tell you this. I asked about this injury every single day. I asked to speak to Rashawn Holmes every single day. I asked specifically if it was an AC joint sprain, a grade one, two, or three separation, a labrum tear, uh, torn rotator cuff. I asked these questions multiple times and got absolutely nowhere. The team was not going to tell us what was going on. So if we believe them now, uh, the deal is that he tore his labrum on January 6th. In a way, it's convenient because it, it tells you like, look, this is what's been going on the whole time. Um, but it's also possible that he tore his labrum at practice last week and now we're starting the beginning. So I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm hoping that uh, what we're knowing now is actually uh, what's happened the whole time. I wish they would be more transparent so I don't have that question. Um, but Doug, you're a player who's been injured, and I'm going to throw it to you that way because I think you and I have different opinions on the way the injuries are reported. Uh, mine comes from being around uh, an NBA team for a decade and never going through something like this where they weren't being transparent. 
Um, and, but you're on the other side where you're a player and maybe you want more trans, uh, you want less transparency when it comes to injuries. Yeah. You know, I, I personally don't think that uh, we were on the radio the other day and uh, Grant read a injury report from the Minnesota Timberwolves and it was about Carl Anthony Towns. And it says that he has a left in- wrist injury and that he got an MRI and be reevaluated. It doesn't give the specific details. I'm more of the mindset that a lot of this that we're going through now has come from uh, gambling and what is being put up because there's a big difference when you use certain words, you don't use words, a guy's out, a guy's in. And when I played, if I knew that a guy had an injury, I'm whacking at it. I'm swinging at it. I'm making him push off on it. We're bumping him all the different things. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not big on total openness of, uh, what is wrong with a player. They're playing. They're not playing. Uh, you got a knee, if you got an ankle, you got a, do you need to say he has a lateral meniscus or, you know, meniscus, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily think that, but, uh, uh, you know, you're delivering the news that that news is being disseminated to certain people. And I understand them wanting the transparency and the frustration. I, I would say that if you, if I, if I looked at what was said with, um, Rashawn Holmes as compared to what was just said with Carl Anthony Towns in in Minnesota, there was a lot of difference. But at the same time, I understand people's frustration because they want more. I just don't necessarily think that from a player's point of view, it's kind of like my doctor's report. Do I want my doctor's report fully out there? No, probably not. Yeah, I would just say this, Doug. If if there is a possibility that um, the quote-unquote sore foot of Marvin Bagley or a midfoot sprain, which is not something that we typically hear, um, turns out to be a uh, Liz Frank fracture uh, or, um, you know, there's oh, a couple, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. A couple what, other. Uh, what KD had? Yeah, if, if, if it turns out to be something more substantial and the team has left it out there as a, mid, a midfoot sprain and they knew the entire time that it was something more substantial... And you have a fan base, uh, which a, you know, Twitter is a dark place a lot of time, but a percentage of that fan base has turned on that kid. And, you know, I know on my timeline, I get uh, Charmin commercials uh, run anytime I give a Marvin Bagley injury report. Um, if, If he was actually seriously hurt in the beginning and you decided not to be transparent with that, and you let this kid hang in the wind and become called soft and uh, be attacked by by fans, um, but he was actually more seriously injured, uh, then then it becomes a huge issue to me. It becomes an issue where um, players may not want to come to your team anymore, where you know people are concerned about your medical staff and they're worried about whether or not. Um, you're hurting their reputation as players. Uh, just like in the same way that, like, look, I, I'm going to be blunt and frank when it comes to injuries. Uh, when I have information, I give it to people. And when I don't have information, I continue to dig. 
uh, and there, there comes a point where you can't dig anymore. You can't get any more battles. Um, you know how heated I was, Doug, the other night when the, uh, the Rashawn Holmes injury update came out. Um, and like, I don't typically get heated over things. I mean, my job is to cover professional sports. I should have a, a pretty easy, calm demeanor. Um, but like, look, I, I just want to make sure that I know what's on the up and up. And, you know, you brought up gambling. Gambling's only going to magnify this. When the, when the NBA fully gets involved in the gambling world, which they're doing, you know, probably next season, the season after that, uh, there will be no more questions about how somebody's feeling. Um, Carl Anthony Towns will not be able to tell his team for like a three-week, four-week period while they're losing every single game that his knee doesn't feel good and he's not going to play. Uh, there's going to be injury reports that are specific because that's what gambling does bring up. It, it brings out that side of it. So, Let me ask you this, Sam. Do, do you, were, were the Kings, because I think that this is part of it as well, because we can be frustrated or, or the – uh, the fan base can be frustrated. You as a reporter can be frustrated, but were the Kings fined by the NBA? Um, you know what, Doug, in order for them to get fined, somebody has to turn them in. And, you know, I, I'm not sure. That, okay. Well, see, I, yeah. see, I don't, I don't know all the, uh, that's why, that's why I'm asking because if you, if they were, fine and that would say to me that they didn't do what was due by the the by the bylaws of the nba so if they they are in line with what is acceptable by the nba then we don't really have a complaint because the nba is saying it to your that the reason i asked that is because to your point i think going forward when you bring in gambling when you do all of that there are going to be letters of the law that are going to be have to be met Oh, yeah. Because now you understand. And when that happens, then we probably could have a conversation right now. It sounds like it's kind of up to the teams. The NBA it, it isn't really jumping in and saying, hey, that's not enough information for the masses. So until that happens, it's kind of a, a mute point. Yeah. And I think this this weekend we're going to see a lot of it uh, be hashed out because I know the players, the national uh, uh let's see. Uh, National, the Pro Basketball Writers Association. Players Association. Well, no, no, no. The Pro Basketball Writers Association uh, at All Star Weekend has a meeting with uh, NBA PR um, every single year, and they hash through some of these things, some of these issues when it comes to transparency, when it comes to you know access, when it comes to uh, teams not abiding by rules and stuff like that. So I think a lot of that will get sort of worked out a little bit this weekend. And look, I'm, I'm hoping that, like, look, I'm hoping that Marvin Bagley heals up and that he resumes his career. I hope that he gets back on the court before the end of the season, but if he doesn't, I hope that he comes back next year he's able to play 82 games. Like, this isn't about that. This, to me, it really is like, look, if there's something more uh, damaging in there, um, it, it doesn't help a player to not be transparent with an injury, in my opinion, because... If, you know, they, they drag out an injury, uh, you know, like even with Marvin's thumb injury, he was out, I think it was four to five weeks was the, the initial progno- uh, prognosis, and he missed seven. And so, you know, if we had more specific information, like with De'Aaron Fox has a grade three ankle sprain, you can go look and a grade three ankle sprain should take, you know, 10 to 12 weeks. The fact that he came back in five weeks is interesting to me. 
Uh, it tells me either he's the quickest healer of all time, or maybe he didn't quite have a grade three. He had a grade two and it just looked like a grade three. Um, either way, you know, we're able to put a timeline on something. And I think by not being completely transparent, it just takes away that ability to have a timeline and to really break down things. And look, again, the reason why I feel like I've sort of like I've been battling this, I've been fighting this battle, Doug, is because this is not the way that they've conducted business in the past. And we had more transparency transparency when it came to injuries. And so I'm hoping that we figure things out here. And, and more importantly, I'm hoping that the players stay healthy and that they're able to recover and, uh, and you know, we can figure out what this team can be. Because at the end of the day, that's that's really the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. You've been spoiled, is what it's been, Ham. That's what that's what you just <laughs> said. You know that, right? I've been spoiled with accurate uh, injury reports <laughs> yeah. that told me that Costa Cufas had gastroenteritis. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's like way too much information, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, I think, you know, it's a good discussion, Doug. It's something that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And, and I want fans to know that, like, look, I am literally, when it comes time to do it, there have been times where I have been extremely vocal, not normal vocal, extremely vocal and passionate about the fact uh, that I believe that we need more transparency. And uh, will that get me in trouble? Maybe it will. I, I don't know. I just... You know, at the end of the day, um, it, it's my job to try to to hold people accountable the best I can, and I hope that uh, I hope that we're doing that, and that we we get to the bottom of all these things, and we can move forward. Um, all right, Doug, I, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Purple Talk. Do you have anything else? No, man. I'm just uh, I'm excited for you know we used to call the second half of the season, but now it's you know the last quarter or last third of the season, whatever you want to say. Um, I'm hoping that, as you mentioned, uh, people get healthy, uh, Kings get out on the court, um, to your point, start to define it, who, who they are and begin to play to not the level of their competition, but to their level of competence and ability. That That's truly, truly what I want to see. Uh, we see it in in small doses in quarters we have seen it in a game or two um now that level of consistency needs to rise to the level that i think their talent is and that's what i'm hoping man yeah we want to see uh what is it uh promise turned into production that's what we need to see in in this last this last part of the season and again i think we're seeing it out of De'Aaron fox who's played extremely well over the last couple of weeks I just don't want any more letdown games. Uh, you know, this team needs to finish strong, and and hopefully, we can uh, we can have a truer assessment at the end of the season. Maybe our grades will come up if somehow they figure some stuff out, and this will be one of those seasons where you look back and say, man, if it wasn't for those two or three losses, you could have been in. Uh, and if we get to that point, that means that you had a really strong finish to the season, uh, or at least we had good basketball to uh, to dissect and break down. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of Purple Talk Podcast on NBC Sports California. Uh, we've got a king of the day coming up. Uh, we're not going to commit to who it is that we've got because rash of injuries have uh, made things move around quite a bit. Um, but uh, we will be recording those soon. Uh, we'll get back into the uh, 
the, the bringing in guests and doing video stuff. Um, it's just Doug's been on the road a lot, and we've been doing them via phone uh, in between the King of the Day stuff. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you very soon. Again, thanks for tuning into the King's Insider Podcast on NBC. Oh, not the King's Insider Podcast, the Purple Talk Podcast on NBC Sports <laughs> California, uh, brought to you by Wendy's. Go Kings!